So Liga match day 29, 10 games this weekend. Um, a very high scoring run against Mess, uh, 6-1 for Rennes. And besides that, uh, not a lot. So only 23 goals um, scored during um, during this weekend. Uh, a few low scoring games, but uh, but let's dive into it straight away and let's start by what was um, maybe the shock of the of the weekend. Monaco against Paris Saint-Germain, and when I say the shock, I mean um, the score as well, 3-0 win for, for Monaco. Um, you know, we know that before the game, both teams are struggling. Of course, Paris Saint-Germain um, lost to Real Madrid last week and, and is out of the Champions League. Uh, they bounced by winning um, against Bordeaux um, last weekend, but uh, but apparently that wasn't a bounce that uh, was followed for too long. Monaco have been played, um, you know, every three days for the past couple of weeks because they were playing against Braga twice. Um, had a bit of a psychological disadvantage because they'd just been, um, you know, taken out of their competition, their European competition, by Braga on Thursday. So it was a game between two teams that, you know, clearly needed a bit of a boost of confidence. And it kind of looked from, you know, from the outside that it was going to go PSG because it was their chance to sort of show that um, that they were not all dead and that the league matters and that the players are going to play for the last nine games 100% to kind of like sort of apologize to the fans or whatever. Anyway, all those theories that I had, well, nothing of, none of that happened. Um, instead, what we saw was um, Wissam Benyedder climbing to the top of the scoring charts. Uh, he, he was the one who scored first um, with a little um, deflection of the exterior of the boot, actually a pretty good goal. Um, and, and then after that, um, Paris tried to answer uh, Neymar on set pieces and and Hakimi from within the box, but uh, but Paris Saint-Germain was just playing poorly and, and had a hard time against Monaco's pressure. Monaco decided to press high, and that's the right thing to do, I think, with Paris Saint-Germain because they're struggling a little bit with confidence right now. And um, and when they're struggling with confidence, Paris Saint-Germain, they just hope that Mbappé can be here to uh, to save them. And Mbappé almost saved them early in the second half, but it missed a, a pretty easy equaliser um, before Kevin Volant finally scored a goal after... Um, rather long draw. I think he hadn't scored in like six or seven games. Um, so yeah, then it's 2-0 for Monaco and then a penalty um, considered a little bit stupidly by Kimpembe gave Benedier the chance to uh, to score a second goal. A penalty that actually was almost saved by Donnarumma but was deflected towards the other post unfortunately for the um, Italian keeper. 3-0 for Monaco, you know, um, like a pretty, a pretty tough score for Paris Saint-Germain but uh, Paris didn't really look able to to answer except by spurts because obviously you get Mbappé so anything can happen uh, but it just was a pure a poor showing from the team of the capital um, and you know everyone is saying that Paris Saint-Germain is already champion and that maybe they don't care about the rest of the season uh, you know it, it's 12 points that they have ahead of Marseille so it's a pretty comfortable cushion but you know um, lose the two next games for example and then your cushion um, is half gone so um, although the season is supposedly over, and they're already supposedly champions. Um, I feel like it would be uh, it would be good for them to actually finish on a high note and you know a series of, of victories or whatever. I don't know why there's speculations that Pochettino now maybe want to stay. I feel like there's no way he's staying at the end of the season. I think this season has gone has been um, you know kind of like he's being seen as a proper failure for Paris Saint Germain, um, and I think you know people like Leonardo, even potentially Nasser Al Khalifi. Um, and definitely Pochettino are, um, are definitely, uh, you know, going to peril at the end of June and uh, and taking their last check and, and probably not coming back 
to Paris Saint-Germain next year. I mean, at least I hope for the club of the capital. They need people with a bit more ambition and a bit more know-how. Uh, for Monaco, it's obviously a great result, uh, you know, coming back into the, the first half of the table and Philippe Clément will enjoy, um, you know, a, a bit of a, a bit of a big result like this, you know, nothing better for the confidence than looking at Paris Saint-Germain. Um, hopefully they can um, fight their inconsistency and try and get a second result uh, after the international break. Next game, Rennes against Metz and 6-1 for Rennes. I mean, Rennes is playing, of course, the, the best football in France right now, I say, almost every week. Um, six wins in a row in, in Ligue 1. Um, they they play this game before the Marseille-Nice game is played, so they take the second spot by winning against Metz, uh, and they just they just smashed Le Grenat, um, who, who defensively aren't good enough, and when they play against Brest, a Rennes team, excuse me, that's in, um, that's in good form, then there's no way they have a chance. Uh, they, all, they also shoot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, Jamerson, his foul early on is pretty silly. It's in the penalty box. So it's a penalty that uh, Thierry is happy to, to score. And then, again, in the middle of a passive defense, um, Thierry is able to, to win his duel against Ukija. So now um, Thierry has scored 16 goals, uh, also passing um, Mbappé. Um, Gerasi decided to, uh, to bring to come to the party and he scored a hat-trick. He hit the post first, uh, but then moments later he didn't miss his chance after a, a good service by Bourijo. Bourijo with the hat-trick of assist during that game. Um, and then, then it was Thierry's turn to hit the post, um, but Girassi deflected a, a shot from Traoré to score. Uh, Traoré also scored, the captain, uh, and then, yeah, like I said, Girassi got his hat-trick after a, a corner kick by, uh, by Bourijo. Mess at the end scores one, you know, kind of like for the honor, for the dignity. Um, but it was just a, a, a pretty terrible result for Antonetti. And, and, you know, I understand that maybe Rennes is not the, the, the team against you hope you're going to get a result. But, you know, conceding six goals just can't be good for Okija, can't be good for the Mets defense. And uh, even though Rennes can be considered a bit of a road roller and, and you know, once they once they get you, they won't let you go, um, I feel like, um, you know, it's not good for Mets and their fight to avoid relegation to be, to be thrashed like this. For Rennes, you know, maximum confidence, very good bounce back after, um, you know, two games against Leicester that didn't go their way but could have definitely gone their way. A bit of bit of inexperience there. So shame to see them out of the um, out of the Conference League after they had a perfect um, perfect start in the groups. Um, but at least now they can focus on Liga. And yeah, I think, you know, I, I kind of see them more than I see uh, either Marseille or Nice um, on the podium at the end. So we'll see if they end up dropping points or not. But um, but it's going to be interesting to see them fighting for that Champions League spot until the end. Marseille-Nice is the next game, the Southern Derby that has been talked about, you know, maybe a little bit too much for the wrong reason early this season. Uh, well, this time it was all about football and a win for Marseille 2-1. Um, Dante was suspended for Nice, which of course is always going to be complicated for uh, for Christophe Galtier and his team. We, we can't say enough that last year Nice was struggling because Dante had done his ACL at the beginning of the season. Um, anyway, with Rennes, you know, seconds before the game starts, the two teams were basically fighting to see who would remain on the podium. Um, Marseille, as usual, um, as always at home, uh, just starts the game superbly. Um, maximum possession, maximum press, doesn't let Nice breathe, but just can't score. Uh, Benitez with a few saves, one in front of Saliba. 
uh, once it kind of like discouraged Milik to be able to get the ball. Uh, and Marseille, although they play well, just just can't really get dangerous enough. Uh, mind you, Nice isn't dangerous either, but um, but yeah, it takes a bit of a um, it takes a bit of a, a bit of luck for Marseille to finally score the first game, the first goal, excuse me. Um, Sanji Zunder um is is fouled by Todibo, I guess. Um, Under definitely makes the most of that contact from Todibo because he sees the legs going close to his legs, so he kind of throws his leg between Todibo's legs to a. Uh, to call for a penalty, the referee gives the the penalty without calling VAR and then checks VAR and keeps it. I feel like he kept it because because he felt like it wasn't a huge mistake to call it. But I think if it was the other way around, if he hadn't called it and he had checked VAR, I don't think he gives it. I think it's a pretty generous penalty, but uh, but it's given and then Milik um, scores it and Milik scores um, his twentieth goal of the season in your competition, despite being you know um, told that he's you know, that he's struggling, etc. It's uh, it's already twenty goals for uh, for Milik for Marseille. Um, after that, Nice tries an answer, and Marseille, as usual, once they score the first goal, um, starts dropping a little bit lower. Um, unfortunately for Nice, Paulo Lopez was in form as well, and uh, he's able to stop the lot from close range early in the second half. Uh, he's able to to be decisive when um, when the balls are coming into the box. He's actually again showing his authority and and showing that he. He knows what to do to be able to keep his, his team in it. The second half was, I guess, rather cagey. Both teams kind of like trying to play counter-attack, trying to not give too much to the enemy. Um, but but Nice was the one they were trading at the score sheet, so they, they really had to score and they tried their best. Unfortunately, they get surprised on a um, on a counter-attack um, with a minute left to play. Uh, Bakambu, who had come into the game less than two minutes before, um, scores a goal after a little bit of a one-two-three between Kamara, Jason, and, and himself. Um, good for Marseille that Penkembu scored at that time because literally a minute later, Lemina reduces the score for Nice, um, but it's a bit too little, too late. Um, and, and Marseille has a crucial win against Nice, um, a win that you know could make a difference at the end. Uh, Marseille is like twelve points back uh, behind Paris Saint-Germain. Um, and Nice is now fourth, um, falling off the podium for uh, for the first time in month, really, um, because of of that run result before. So, so definitely a, a great result for Marseille and a not so great result for Nice. Um, and and I think a lot uh, on those two coaches' mind during that international break. Uh, a lot to do to be able to get their team in the right mindset for the last nine games, which is going to be um, you know really entertaining. And I'm really looking forward to following all that. Bordeaux-Montpellier next, we talked about Bordeaux and, and the story between Gerard Lopez and, and the fans. Uh, Bordeaux lost 2-0 at home against Montpellier. It's uh, it, it was quite the game. Uh, Montpellier hit first and hit quick. Um, Gregerson was unable to to stop Wahi, who, who ran past him and then left Costil no chance uh, on his first start since January. Poor Costil um, took a two, two, two months break or had rather an injury. And then, uh, and then this is where he, um, you know, smashing him within two minutes. And then four minutes later, uh, it's Florent Mollet who shot a missile from the edge of the box. And again, there's nothing Costil can do because he goes right in the in the top right corner. Uh, yeah, like I said, Costil was the one that was booed and jeered um, at the end of the game. And then the game starts getting a, um, I guess, taking almost a comical turn. Um, Koza fouls Ellis in the box as a Danny, as the last defender and gets a red card for it. Ellis takes the penalty, but penalty is saved by Omlin. 
and then um, Ristik a bit later fouls Ellis and stupidly loses his cool and goes and get angry at the referee for the foul being whistled against him. Uh, the referee didn't really hesitate too long and got him a red card. So now you have um, two red cards given by uh, Montpellier. It's not even half time. Montpellier is up 2-0. But, you know, Bordeaux have all the chances to come back. They're playing against nine players. Well, it didn't happen. The, the score remained 2-0 and Bordeaux pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, but Omelin was just unbeatable during that second half. And um, and Bordeaux was just very, um, very clumsy, unable to to secure the last few passes. I mean, you're playing against nine players. Do you know what I mean? You got two more players on the field. You shouldn't, you should, you should be able to score at least one goal. I, I was trying to find stats. I think it's the first time um, since Opta looks at Ligue 1 that a team ends up being with nine players without conceding a goal, uh, which is a performance for Montpellier and Daliolo. Of course, good on them, um, you know, coming back into the European, um, European um, fight with, with that. But Bordeaux, oof, this is just um, this is just looks like looks like too much. Um, the fans were mad at Bordeaux player at the end. Like I said, they went and waited for them before they got into their their bus and um, and they talked to them as well on, on the pitch. It's just uh, it's just complicated for Bordeaux. Like I said in in the first part of the pod, and I think um, you know it it takes a small miracle for them to save themselves. We've seen Saint-Étienne on a very good run right now, so. A run like this could save Bordeaux. It just uh, it just needs to start ASAP, um, and just after the international break, would be um, a good idea. <laughs> Next up, Lorient Strasbourg and a nul old draw and match nul, like uh, like we thought you a few um, pods back. Uh, the fourth draw in five games for Strasbourg, who was struggling a little bit offensively. Um, Julien Stéphane's team was who was known to be uh, such an offensive armada. Uh, but in front of him was an informed Dreyer, the Lorient goalkeeper, uh, able to stop Jiku, able to stop Lienard, able to stop Gamero, uh, even able to stop a ball that is deflected by his own defender a, mis- a meter away from him. Um, he just really showed off his, his incredible saving skills. Um, Lorient, you know, never really had the momentum uh, in the first half, but then in the second half, a few set pieces, a few counter-attacks, uh, and they had their chances, but Matt Sells also... Uh, was in form um, a 0-0 that probably would be um, would be harsh for, for not harsh sorry would be a bad result for Strasbourg and more than for Lorient Lorient it's a good point against Strasbourg Strasbourg they probably thought that they could get those three points to make sure that they you know don't get um, let off by the the top six because right now um, they're a bit behind and uh, and I thought they were going to be up there up until the end. Next up, uh, not Lille and Lille wins at not 1-0 with, unfortunately, the talk of the game being off the pitch with um, Sylvain Armand making a fool of himself again. I mean, I, I don't remember if I talked about it, but a couple of weeks back, Lille was playing against Metz and Sylvain Armand and Olivier Letan. Um, Sylvain Armand is a former PSG player, a former Nantes player, and he's now the sporting director at Lille. And Olivier Letan is the president at Lille. And against Metz, those two gentlemen apparently were very close to the Metz bench in um, in the technical area of the Metz coach. And the Metz coach lost his cool and, and there was a bit of a fight. Uh, anyway, everyone got a bit of the suspension and Sylvain Armand, who's, I think, technically still suspended, um, find a way to, to again embarrass himself during the game, during a game that they win, um, coming in, complaining, insulting, and then we have a, a camera in in the locker room in the corridor where uh, we see him like 
pointing at an assistant coach from um, from Nantes and saying something like, uh, if I ever see you, I'll kill you or whatever, like threatening, insulting, just being stupid, just not being worthy of what his role is. Um, and I feel like this one is not going to fly with the, with the, the discipline commission. I feel like he shouldn't fly with the club to start with because uh, having somebody who's your sporting director um, happily, you know, calling people names and threatening them to to hit them and kill them is just not on, of course. Um, so anyway, um, despite that, Lille was able to get a good result. Um, it's not only second loss at home in 16 games of the competition. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we kind of know that Lille, um, you know, it's still not a fully convincing team. Um, Govenek this time started with Wea and Angel Gomez on the wings to be able to get some pace. Uh, and, and, you know, both... Both players brought some pace and both players had chances. Um, but, you know, Alban Lafon is a, a very good goalkeeper. And again, he showed us how good he is uh, for Nantes. There's not much he can do when Lille finally scores, though. Um, you know, he, he saves the header on a corner already. But Onana, with his long legs, was the um, first one to, to follow and to tap that ball. So uh, so good for him. Good, good goal. And it's his first goal with Lille, um, Onana. I like this midfielder. I think he's, uh, you know, he's got he's got those uh, those long legs that must be impossible to play against when you're a midfield because it looks like you've dribbled him and then he's able to still get you back. Um, you know, kind of like a um, kind of like a Pogba, kind of like a Van Bommel in his time. Um, so anyway, after that, Nantes starts pushing out and, uh, and and you know they just couldn't get through that little defense. Uh, and then um, again, another um, referee intervening and and making the game harder. Uh, a red card given to Wea, which I feel like it was a pretty harsh red card. The tackle was not great, but I don't think it was a red card tackle. I think it was a a, a, a yellow card tackle. Um, anyway, he's he's being sent off for the first time um, with Lille, um, Timothy Wea. And then after that, you think, oh, well, Lance is playing against a 10-man Lille. They're going to, to have their chances. Unfortunately, the opportunities were scarce until that attempt. Uh, from from just outside of the box by um, Kirivella, who else, you know, for Nantes. Uh, it looked like he scored, but unfortunately he hits the post, then he hits the other post, and then he comes out of Jardim's goal, uh, which is uh, which, which is good for Lille. It's their first clean sheet in five, six games. Uh, but Nantes, you know, somehow maybe deserved a point on that on the end of that game. Um, good win for Lille. It, it brings them back, you know, in the top six, which is important for them. Uh, it kind of... They take advantage of the fact that everybody is inconsistent in the top ten um, to not make you know complete complete full of themselves um, the season after they were champion. Um, it's a win that's important for sure, and uh, and hopefully for them they can they can keep on that momentum. For Nantes, it definitely looks like a bit of a break. Two losses in a row after uh, they qualified so so beautifully for the the Coupe de France final. Um, we'll talk about Nantes um, soon enough. Next up, Lance against Clermont and a 3-1 win for Les Saints et Or. Lance, Lance, who had not been in a great form um, at home, especially was hosting Clermont, who Clermont is a team who likes to cause upset. Um, they had a chance to turn that around, Lance, and they also had a chance to celebrate um, Jonathan Kloss, first call in the French national team, the, the right back, finally getting his call uh, by Didier Deschamps. To, to, you know, everyone was a bit surprised because Deschamps keeps saying he wants people who play in Champions League and Kloss hasn't. Uh, but it's a deserved call for for close and 
I think it's uh, it's Deshaun telling him, hey, if you keep playing like this or if you go to a bigger club, I got you for the World Cup kind of thing. So hopefully he'll make the most of it. Um, anyway, lost Clermont the game itself. Clermont hit first because that's what Clermont does against big team. Uh, Rashani is the goal scorer after a very good work from Mohamed Bayo into the box. Looking forward to see where Bayo goes next year. Uh, but then Lance is pretty quick to equalize um, thanks to their Austrian international Danzo uh, on a corner. After that, maybe the goal of the weekend. Unfortunately for the Clermont goalkeeper, I said a lot of good things about Joko, the Clermont goalkeeper, who, uh, who's impressed, I think, since he replaced Demas. Unfortunately, this weekend, he did not impress. Uh, he got the ball, he's in the box, and you can see that Sotoka understands what's going on because Sotoka starts running almost behind the goal line to like hide behind Joko. Joko pulls the ball on his feet, pushes it outside of the box, the defender tell him that there's somebody behind him, but he's, he can't hear it. Uh, and then Sotoka, um, like a fox, jumps in, pushes the ball away from Joko, and then from an impossible angle, like on the touchline on the very, very right side, uh, managed to score. Um, beautiful goal by Sotoka. Uh, yeah, poor Joko. I feel like he doesn't he doesn't deserve that. But anyway, um, 2-1 for Lance and 3-1 when, uh, when close um, almost scores to celebrate his first calf, his first cap, excuse me, but hit the post. Uh, Aydara easier to follow, and in the middle of a rather apathetic Clermont defense, uh, he scores the third goal and and gives his team um, a win that they they were really looking forward to. I think, and they needed to uh, to kind of believe in themselves for the for the last nine games. For Clermont, it's uh, not easy every day. It's not every day that we beat Nice and Marseille. Uh, right now, they have to think about their fight for survival and that loss will not help them. Next up, Reims and Lyon and another 0-0 and another match nul. Um, Lyon with a few opportunities, definitely. Um, Awar almost scored early on. Um, you know, Reims try and, and answer, but it looks like they're not really dangerous and, and they really struggle to put any danger near, near um, Anthony Lopez. Lyon with the best opportunity of the game. Uh, Dembele, who misses the unmissable, hitting the post from like a meter off the line. You gotta watch that opportunity. It's pretty terrible. Um, and then Awa with, again, a, an attempt from the box, uh, from right within the box, sorry, uh, denied by Rajkovic, but Awa just shoots on Rajkovic instead of trying to find the the right side. I mean, he could have wrong-footed the keeper pretty easily there, but unfortunately, um, didn't have his, uh, his cold blood on on that one. Um, Ro- uh, boss, the Lyon coach, got red carded during that game, um, and and yeah, it kind of like it, it looked weird. He didn't complain too much about why he got red carded. He kind of like shrugged it off and walked away. And and yeah, it, I don't know why he got the red card. It isn't. It's not very clear, but he probably said something insulting um, towards the ref. Uh, anyway, um, Lyon not in a, in their European form, unfortunately, and, and it kind of condemns them to win the Europa League if they want to play in Europe next season, which is going to be all but easy when they're playing West Ham um, in Europa League to start with. Uh, but, you know, this is this is what they set themselves out to do because uh, in, in Ligue 1, they're just not playing well and I don't see them bouncing back, unfortunately. So Europa League is, is the way for them this season and, you know, hopefully we have, um, you know, two French clubs um, going all the way to, to the final, Marseille and Lyon. It would be good for Ligue 1. Saint-Etienne 3 was um, the first game being played this match day, uh, the duel of the bottom of the of the match day. Uh, 1-1, the final score, 
3 definitely started the best way with Lebo Mochiba scoring his second goal since he joined Troyes this winter. Um, Gauthier Gallon and then started his festival um, denying almost all Savitian chances, um, just saving left, right and center and, and sometimes needing the help of his defenders. But a really, you know, a really strong defense and a really tra- strong show of defense for Troyes. Uh, unfortunately, in the second half, um, conver- controversial pen is given again uh, for a foul from Palmer Brown on camera, and uh, and Budubuz scored it beautifully, uh, despite Gallon going the right way. Both teams had a chance of scoring the winner at the very end, but 1-1 is the final score. Um, Trois has now taken eight points from the last four games, which is which is good results. And of course, at the end, we know he's on a very good run. So those are two teams that are. Um, doing it the right way to avoid relegation. Um, hopefully for them putting more space between them and, and Mess and Bordeaux in the future. I, I don't think it's a draw that makes anybody happy, but at least it's not a loss. And, and that's that's what would have made either team um, very unhappy. So yeah, 1-1 score final between uh, Saint-Étienne and Troyes. And last but not least, Angers, who won 1-0 against Brest. Finally, Angers gets a win. Uh, Gérald Batista and his team were on seven consecutive losses before this weekend, uh, but they won at the best time. They won when everybody else in the bottom of the table did not win. Um, so at least it's uh, it's much in the air and, and they're getting it. Brest had a lot of opportunities. Um, they just were not able to shoot on target. Um, the goalkeeper for Angers was Mandrea, who was playing for the first time in Ligue 1 after um, those not-so-good performances by Petkovic. Um, in between the posts for Angers, um, and he signed a clean sheet to start his career in Ligue 1, which is uh, which is awesome. Um, the goal came from the spot kit again. Um, penalty scored by Bouffal. Bizo, um, you know, did had a good game, uh, thankfully for Brest, and and really kept them into the game because Angers had, had the opportunities. Capel, Mohamed Alicho could have made the score worse than it was, uh, but he ended up 1-0, which is, again, great for Angers, and shout-out to, uh, to my mate Thomas, who was on the pod not too long ago. Um, good to see your team winning, mate. Um, I, I was happy to see Angers finally getting a score. Brest is kind of safe, doesn't have to, I guess, work too hard for it right now. Um, Angers, I think, were afraid that they were about to slowly but surely fall down, um, and um, and they don't deserve it after the, the beginning of the season that they are uh, that they gave us. Uh, anyway, yeah, Brest-Angers, 1-0 for Angers. And that's it. That's the 10 games uh, of Ligue 1 match day 29. If we look at the table, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is on top, 65 points, followed by Marseille, 53, and a new third, Rennes, with 52 points. Uh, behind them, Nice, 50, Strasbourg, 48, Lille, 46. When you think that Strasbourg has... Four draw in the last five, where could they be if they had won those games? Uh, anyway, um, Monaco is at 44 points, Lyon at 42, you know, two teams that we, we hope were a bit higher on the table. Um, and at the bottom, Bordeaux 22 points, Metz 23, and a small gap already with Saint-Etienne 27, and then it's Clermont 28, Lorient 28, and Troyes 29. The fight will be complicated until the end for Bordeaux and Metz. Who knows if they can um, if they can get out of those two positions by the end of the season. Um, the goal scorer table, Boussin Benyeder, like I said, took over 17 goals, followed by Martin Terrier, 16, Mbappé, 15, Laborde, 14, and Jordan David, 
13. Uh, another one who took over is Benjamin Bourgeau with his hat trick of assists. Uh, now has 10 assists, um, equalized, um, leveled, sorry, with Mbappé and Messi. Of course, this week, next week, is international duty. Um, so uh, the French football is back in um, April 3rd, April 4th. Uh, I should say the French domestic football is back April 3rd, April 4th. Uh, with some cracking games, uh, Nice against Rennes, Lille against Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne against Marseille, Strasbourg against Lens. I mean, those four games only. Uh, and then there's Metz, Monaco, Troyes, Reims, Montpellier, Brest, Clermont against Nantes, Lyon against Angers, and Paris Saint-Germain against Lorient to finish the weekend. It's also going to be um, a weekend where the time in France change and the time in Australia change. So now the, the football game at night are going to be at like 9pm and 11pm, but in the morning when when teams are playing on Sunday morning, like Paris-Lorient, for example, it's going to be 4.45am for me. It's just pretty terrible. Uh, but anyway, that's life uh, in the other side of the world. At least I can see Strasbourg-Lens at 9pm on Sunday. It's great. Prime time. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to Castelli as usual. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to interact, ask questions. I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's feedback. Uh, you know, subscribe, like the channel, follow me on Twitter. I, I'm over 1,000 follower on Twitter now. Like uh, you heard it first. Uh, thank you again for for following, and I look forward to talking about football, French football again soon. Ciao, bye bye. <laughs>